Hey, I'm Kylie Kelly, and I'm obsessed with all things business and motherhood and helping you navigate the messy and magical seasons of both. I'm a boy mama that grew a successful photo biz before hanging up my straps in 2020 to pivot. Yes, we're allowed to do that. Now I help other CEO mums just like you grow an audience of raving fans fast through a holistic virtual summit strategy. But this podcast is way more than that. Think of it as your coffee date or happy hour with your girlfriends as we talk real life. Money, challenges, growth, frustrations, marketing, the messy middle, it's all welcome here. So get comfy and join us. Welcome to This Mama Means Business. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, ladies. Welcome back to This Mama Means Business, episode 87. I am so excited to share this episode with you. I interviewed an incredible guest, Mariah Riona, and she is sharing with us four steps to doubling your income while working half the time. Now, I know we hear these catchphrases, all these things that just sound like they're too good to be true all the time. But I promise you, this interview is full of like really tangible ways to actually make more money while working less. So I encourage you to listen with an open mind. We talk about increasing prices. We talk about how to make an irresistible offer. We talk about so much stuff that I think will really benefit your business. And Mariah is such a wealth of knowledge. So I hope you love this episode so much. I also wanted to remind you that the Spotlight Club is still open for enrollment. We start March 1, so you have about a week to actually enroll in the pre-launch price. So once we kick off on the 1st of March, the price goes up. And what is the Spotlight Club? If you haven't heard, it is a visibility membership for female entrepreneurs. So I'm going to help you turn the spotlight on your business so you can grow your email list and make more money. So at the moment, if your email list is crickets or you don't have one and you're not making the money you want, come and join us in the Spotlight Club and learn how to become more visible. I promise you it is is the secret that will change everything for you. And I am making it super easy. There are trainings, there are templates. You are going to be able to tune in once a month, get the content, implement it and see results straight away. I'm all about taking fast action and not wasting time because we don't have time to waste. So settle in, enjoy this episode. And then after you finish, come on over to kyliekelly.com slash spotlight club or the link is in the show notes and check it out. I would love to have you. We have 13 spots currently left and I would love to put your name on one of them. But now let's jump in and welcome Mariah to the podcast. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to have this discussion with you today. I feel like when we connected, it was so aligned and you popped into my inbox and your message and everything that you're about, I think is going to really resonate with my audience. So first off, tell me everything about you, share who you are, what you do, all the good things. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is, um, I'm really honored to be here. So I am Mariah and I own Mariah Riona Branding. And we basically help women entrepreneurs, um, mostly coaches, education-based online entrepreneurs, We help them really build luxury brands and sort of find their own path so that they're not competing with everyone in their niche. So we really pull them up and make them little micro niche industry leaders with these gorgeous luxury brand platforms so that they're able to charge more, which means taking less clients. And it's our version of working smarter 
um, not harder. Oh, I love that. I feel like the online space is such a big place to be, right? It is so overwhelming trying to figure out yourself how to stand out, how to make yourself differentiate from like everybody else in the market. So having somebody else, even just their perspective and that somebody that's a leader, I can just see how valuable that would be. Yeah, thanks. I It's funny because we I find it with my own business too. Sometimes you just need that person that's like from the outside just being like, wait, but what if you did it this way? Yes, yes, 100%. And you're also a mom. We were just talking offline that you've got a sick kid. I've got a boy at home at the moment. So it's all real life back here. Yeah, um, I think our kids are, well, our oldest are about the same age. I have a five-year-old as well. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are. Then. Today, we're going to dig in to, as you kind of hinted at, the working smarter and not harder and how to actually, I guess, get more done in less time, which I think is the goal for all of us, especially working mothers, because we have a limited amount of it, right? Things happen all the time and get in our way. And so let's just dive in. Are you happy to just jump on into that conversation? Yeah, totally, totally. So I have four tips that I think really help, um, that have really helped me. And it's stuff that we like to pass on to our clients as well. So the first one is to figure out your MLE. Um, And this was huge for me. And basically MLE stands for minimum level of engagement. Um, And I have to give credit to my coach, actually, Chris Doe, who taught me this concept, but it's basically like, it's your level that like you won't get out of bed for (laughs) lower than that. Right. So, you know, because we think we want more clients, but I think what we actually really want are better clients, higher paying clients. And when I was super honest about the amount of clients that I could take on at the level I wanted to serve those clients, I realized that I was way undercharging for what I was doing and ended up having to two and a half times my rate, which was so scary, but I did it. And so now I have these clients that I am able to really focus on. I'm being paid really well for it. And we're able to get bigger impact and bigger results in their businesses. I love that. Firstly, my husband is obsessed with Chris Doe. So the fact that you just have him Ah, as your mentor (laughs) made me giggle. Yes, he's amazing. (laughs) I love that you said that though, because I feel like, especially for women and correct me if you you think differently, but I think especially for women, that is like the fastest road to burnout, right? We want to serve everyone. We want, we think we need to keep booking and booking and booking and we want more, more clients equals more success or more clients equals more revenue or more clients equals enter the next thing here, right? So, and, and we, we think we need that. So we go down this path, we offer it, we book it. And then I think it's the fastest way to burn out and actually lose the passion, lose the energy, uh, taint everything that you're trying to create. So I love that you've reframed that and going, well, hang on, actually, what if you 2.5 times? That's that insane to me. But what if you doubled your rate? What if you started charging more? What if you just changed that? Oh, I love that advice. Yeah, it was it was mind blowing for me. And so we've been helping our clients. And actually, since then, since I had that experience, we've three and a half times our our program, which is just it's been amazing. And I think it's this mindset of like, you see the number at first, like it's scary, right? It's like you see the number and you're like, oh, I can't do that. And then you have to have that conversation with yourself. And it's like, well, why can't you do that? And I realize like so many of us, especially women in business, it's this money mindset Um, And it's this worth mindset, these stories we have about our worth. And 
we just, it's amazing. I talked to, I talked to my clients and they're like, but I can't do that. And I'm like, but what if you did? Like, what if you could do that? Like, let's change your mindset around money and how much you're worth. Mm, oh, so good. So good. When you changed your rate, was there like a lag? How did you find going from the clients that were used to paying a certain amount per hour or however you charge to then going to that higher rate? Was there a period of time where you, you kind of had that lag and had to find almost like new clients that valued you differently? Or what was that like? The very first sales call I had with that new rate, I told the rate and she's like, okay, done. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, what have I been doing for the last two, three years? Like, yeah. So that just reaffirms like, I'm worth that much, right? And then as soon as you, I have this joke, I was just talking to a friend the other day. And like, when you raise your rates, there's a lot of stress and a lot of doubt around it. You're like, I know I need to do this, but I'm not sure I'm worth that much, right? And and I have this too. And so I was telling my friend, I was like, oh, I didn't think it was gonna work. Um, but then as soon as somebody like confirms it, as soon as somebody books you at this new rate, um, you're like, well, of course I'm worth that much. I should raise my rates again, <laughs> you know? But you just, I think we're always looking for that outside confirmation. Um, and I think we need to do the inner work and realize we're worth this much because nobody offered before, nobody offered to pay me more. I had to go out and say, hey, this is, this is how much it's worth. So, mm, oh, 100%. I've been doing um, a lot of uh, mindset work lately, and I joke on this podcast a little bit. I'm so masculine. I'm so strategy. I'm not woo woo at all. So, I've been like trying to dig more into like the feminine and more into the flow and, and actually like what am I blocking myself from, right? What am I getting in my own way about? And I think so often, it, it's the same with like, as you said, money mindset or, or putting value on what we think we're worth. We're attaching all of this self-belief. We're attaching all of this baggage and doubt and experience and, and getting in our own way when actually like that first sales call, if you just back yourself and have the confidence, get that one yes. And then your brain is suddenly like, oh, okay, there's evidence. I've, I've got evidence now, right? That I can do it. And then that just puts you on this whole new trajectory. Because imagine if you hadn't have even tried, imagine if you were still charging that lower price, like, oh, crazy. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. All right. So what's the next little tip you've got for us? Okay. So the next tip is to build your irresistible offer. And so obviously you can't just say, oh, you need to pay me this much and not have something of value. And so um, when you think about an irresistible offer, it's like, how do you get someone on board with what you are selling? And I think coming from a marketing and a branding background, uh, we work with coaches mostly, and they know that they can make a huge impact in their clients' lives, but the problem is they're not able to articulate how they make that impact, how they, how they make that transformation, because they think, oh, I'm gonna sell this many coaching calls, or I'm gonna sell a, a, a mindset shift. And it's like, nobody's in like, nobody's out there looking for a mindset shift, shift necessarily, or they're not looking for hours upon hours of coaching calls. They're looking for a tangible result at the end. They want a transformation. So that's what you build your offer on. Yes, it includes all of these tangible items, all of these deliverables, but what you really need to sell, the offer needs to be the result and the transformation you're providing. Oh, that's so good. So vulnerable or being open book right now. I've just come out of a launch that was a complete flop. So no one signed up completely didn't happen the way I wanted, right? And it was for my signature program, which is teaching other women how to host a summit that feels good, that builds their email list. I know it can have massive transformation because I've just been through the same process last year, you know, grew a thousand people in three months on my email list, like huge. But when I now go back 
objectively, and I'm still processing it, but when I go back objectively and look, you're right. It wasn't, I wasn't, the messaging wasn't about the result. The messaging wasn't about actually how that's going to change their life. The messaging was like, it goes for 15 weeks. You get these many calls. Mm -hmm. Totally. We all do that. Yeah. That's how we build our offers because we put it in this like package. We put it in this capsule of like, it's, it's these bullet points, right? And you have to do that because that's the, that's the tangibles of what they get, the, what we call the deliverables. You have to do that. Um, there has to be, how, how do you actually get from point A to point B? But when it comes to selling, when creating this offer, what is the transformation? You know, So you can build it out in that package or that capsule like I talked about, but then when you start talking about it, you need to talk about it in terms of the, the result, the transformation. Mm-hmm. And I guess making sure that what you're providing is actually what people need, like talking to people, actually being in touch with your ideal client. It's so important. Yes. Yes. So I love, I typically do an annual survey with my audience, which is so insightful. I always get these results back that I don't expect. Like a lot of them I do, but sometimes I'm like, wow, that's an amazing idea. Like that's something they need help with that I can actually help them. So I'll, I'll make like a Google Forms doc um, and it'll have just like five to 10 really pointed questions. And um, I'll send it to my email list. And then I have a YouTube channel. And so like, I'll ask people on there. And, you know, not a lot of people do it because it takes time, but like I say, hey, you know, this is going to sort of drive the content that I make for the next year. I want to help you. Help me help you. (laughs) And so, um, you know, some people fill it out and they're like, hey, you know, like I've been following your channel. I really want to learn about this or I'd love to know more about this thing. Um, But one of the best questions you can ask your audience is what are you struggling with right now? And and specifically, what are you struggling with in terms of blank? Like for me, it's in terms of branding or in terms of marketing. That answer is going to give you the answer to everything you should be creating product-wise, every piece of content you should be creating. What they're struggling with, you're the expert that has the answer. So make everything about that answer and that transformation and that result. Help them get there. Yes, I love that. And then what a place of service because then they can see that you've listened to them. That just builds more trust in that relationship. Like, I, yeah, I love that advice. And I love that example question as well because I think sometimes we're like, oh, we know we need to do it. We know we need to talk to them. We don't need to ask questions. But you're like, where do we start? So that's a really good tangible tip, I think, to include that question as well. Yeah. Yeah. That one's, that one's the best. That's the most insightful, I would say for sure. Yeah. Perfect. And what do you think about, pick your brain a little bit about offers in themselves. Do you have a thought on like an irresistible offer? Does it need to be a short one, a long one? Do you need to have multiple? Do you need to have, what is your product suite? Like, is there an ideal product suite? Like what's your advice in terms of like what you actually offer? Yeah. Um, that is a great question. And actually I am, are are you familiar with Alex Hermosi? Oh, I think I've, follow him on Instagram. I'm not a massive. massive Okay. Okay. Yeah. Marketer. Um, I just, he just came into my radar about a year ago, but he's got a great book called hundred million dollar offers. And I thought I knew how to create an offer. I went through his book. I, you know, this isn't like, I, I don't get any kickbacks or anything, but seriously, one of the best books, business books I've read recently. Um, and I re I am in the process of redoing my offer to just hone it in that much more. So that's, I, I would recommend checking out that book. It's super helpful helpful for um, figuring out your offer. But some um, things that I learned in there, but also that like, that I've always kind of been aware of, like, as far as time-wise, we think we need to 
shove more stuff into an offer to make it more valuable. And that's not always true, like especially going back to coaches because that's who, who we serve. They'll be like, oh, well, I'll do 12 hour long calls or I'll make it four months instead of three months, 12 calls instead of eight calls. And it's like people's time is valuable. People pay a premium to reach a result faster. So more isn't necessarily better. Yes, cram more value in it, but but remember that the time factor is a big part of the value. And so having something done faster is actually more valuable. Oh, I love that. Especially, and I guess it comes back to knowing your ideal client as well, right? But I know as a busy mum in business and a lot of my audience are busy parents, you're right. Time is so valuable and I would pay more money to learn something in a week than I would if I had to commit to three months. Right? Yes. And it's funny because we always think in terms of money as currency, but we really have two currencies. We've got our money and we've got our time. And I think a lot of us are not willing to admit how valuable our time is. Like I can make more money. I've gotten to the point where I'm pretty confident. I can make more money, but I will never be able to get more time. And becoming a mom only reaffirms that to you more. Like you just see these precious fleeting moments. Like my time is my most valuable asset. So yes, I'm willing to spend money to have somebody else do something for me that gives me my time back, basically buy your time back, right? And so if you can do that for your clients, that that's a huge resource, a huge value add for them. Yes, yes, love that, Mariah. Hey, all you business mamas, I'm Raylan Minka, host of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast, a show about the shared experiences and common struggles of motherhood. If you've ever felt lonely in your motherhood journey or asked yourself, am I the only one experiencing this? Then this podcast is for you infertility, mom guilt, postpartum recovery, relationship and body changes after having children. These are just a few of the topics I dive into with my guests. So when you finish binging this episode of This Mama Means Business, make sure you reopen Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast listening app of choice and subscribe to the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast today. Lose the loneliness and gain a community, mama. Can't wait to hang out with you soon. Now back to your episode. All right, let's move on. What was number three? Number three is to establish yourself as a niche industry leader. And so I think when we get started in business, a lot of times there's like, there's another, typically a woman, but another sort of mentor out there that you you might not know personally, but like sort of sparks that interest. You're like, oh, she's doing it. I can do that too. But there's so many steps ahead of you, right? It doesn't make sense to compete with that person. We really believe in creating your own, not only niche, people hear the word niche and they're like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Um, but we're all about niching because that's how you get to charge more. That's how you you get to be high ticket is by really niching down. And we even like the concept of micro niching, like creating your own niche. And if you can be the person in this micro, micro niche, if you can be the only one and you're the first one, you're automatically the leader, you're the winner. So we like to say like, create your lane and double down, like find your place and and, and just focus that and, and the right people will find you because you are the expert in that lane. So how small is a micro niche? So when you're talking about micro niches, so how small are you talking? Yeah, I mean, so like, if we talk like coaching as an example, you know, like I, I always go back to this idea of like a weight loss coach. And so 
we hear like weight loss coach for busy moms and we think that's that's a niche and it's like that's not even a niche anymore <laughs> but like what if you were like a weight loss coach for busy moms just returning from maternity leave who are in silicon valley right they're in tech it's like if you're that woman you're like oh my gosh she that's me i need this i don't know what her secret like sauces, but she's serving me. So she's my, she's my coach. So we want to get that focused. Which is scary to me because you think that it's going to really narrow down the audience out there. So at the moment I'm doing visibility coaching, right? So I started off doing summits, but now through talking to my ideal clients, but I've done a variety of bundles and private podcast feeds and all sorts of things to grow my email list. So that now listening to you, I think that's pretty broad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might be just like, because again, it's like, I don't know what that means. Do I need a visibility coach? Right. But like, and it doesn't have to be specifically like, you don't have to change that. But like, it all goes into knowing this ideal client, knowing the niche or the micro niche really well, and starting to speak their language, because that's where you really connect. It's funny, I rebranded my website about a year ago but before that even i um well let me back up our ideal clients and our niches are going to evolve as our business of businesses evolve just like you were saying like you reached out to your audience and you heard from them what they were needing and so you're constantly refining um if you weren't you wouldn't be a good business owner right so we don't need to have this idea that we need to find the perfect niche and and never deviate from that it evolves but even before i rebranded i knew my previous ideal client and all the copy on the website spoke to that ideal client and it was funny because when i launched that last website i got inquiries where people were like oh my gosh I felt like you were talking to me and I would be like, yes, I was talking to you. You're my ideal client. <laughs> yeah. And that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. That's the response you want. And once you want, yeah, once you have that relationship with your ideal client, once you listen to the words that they're saying, once you listen to the problems that they've got, I think you can narrow down that niche, create your copy, create your messaging, create your brand, right? So that it is exactly what they need um, or exactly what they want and delivering what they need. And then, like you said, you can then charge more, which is, yeah the end goal really for it. We're in business. Like we want to, yeah, we want to charge more. Yeah. I mean, you can charge a lot more when you're honed in and you're the expert for this specific person for this specific problem. You, you become sought out. It, it's incredibly powerful. And I think a lot of people worry that it's hard and it, it is work to, to figure that out, but it also makes it so much easier because like you're saying, once you know all that stuff, you know how to speak to them. You know the problems they're having. If you don't know the problem that your client or ideal client is having, I don't know how you're selling to them. Like, what are you selling? What are you, how are you selling to them? Like, I wouldn't even know how to begin. But when you know, like literally what's keeping them up at night, it's like, oh, I have a solution for that. Yeah, that's so good. You mentioned creating the micro niche automatically makes you the, almost the expert because you're the first one in that lane. What if you're not the first one in that lane? Is Does it mean you're not narrowing it down enough? Or does it mean that you just need to stand out in a different way? Like, what would you suggest if there's already somebody doing that? Sure. And like, I don't know that you're not narrowing it down enough, but maybe you just pivot just slightly so that you're not in direct competition with 
the person who was there first, right? Like maybe, you know, you know that micro niche, but you help a slightly different group of people or you solve it in a slightly different way. Um, you just want to think about what makes you stand out and, and so that you are attracting a slightly different audience. Yes, I love that. Okay, now that's good. That's really good. Tangible advice. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about creating a luxury brand. The thing that you do, that you know inside out. Tell me all the things about how, how you actually do that. So that is my fourth tip to doubling your income and working half the time because that's what really helps. That to me, along with... Um, sort of standing out as a niche leader, having that luxury brand platform is what allows you to charge way more than you ever thought was possible. Because, you know, we all in different ways, we buy luxury. And when something is higher end, when it has this high-end brand, this appearance of being higher-end, we automatically associate that with better quality. And so the brand's doing the work without you having to say, hey, but I'm better. <laughs> I'm better than so-and-so. Um, I'm better than this other company. The brand is communicating that for you. That, and it kind of increases the desire, right? I feel like we desire after things that are more expensive. Whether it's right or wrong, we as a human being, we desire after them way more than we desire after something that we'll just get at Target or that's cheaper or that might only last half the time. We connect a different level of desire and yeah, and like I said, value to it. Yeah, it's interesting. I was a wedding photographer in a previous life. So before I was an online business owner, I had a wedding photography studio for a decade and I definitely found that the hard way, I guess. I started pricing really cheap, right? Because I just wanted to get clients and booking all these weddings at a ridiculously cheap price, which was okay when I needed the experience. But when I got to a point where I had the experience and I could deliver, you know, exceptional photos and service and all the rest of it it was then taking that brand to a place where it looked like I was really not in a fake way but like it looked like I was really booked out it looked like I had less availability it looked like I knew what I was doing and I think there's a lot to be said doing it in an authentic and honest way as well I'm not saying go out there and say like oh I've got one spot when you don't when you have plenty but doing it in a way where there is a little bit of scarcity and there is a different level of um, quality and you communicate that really well I love that you are a wedding photographer I was actually a wedding photographer for 10 years too it's really <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's how I got started wow we are so aligned I same know. age children <laughs> similar history um, yes. yeah I love that yeah. yeah oh this has been so good Mariah so for anyone listening that wants to take all that you've shared away and put it into practice Let's just recap because I feel like we've put some incredible value out there. So first thing is figuring out your minimum level of engagement, um, getting really clear on your ideal client, what they need, talking to them, getting really clear on um, what your offer is and how to make it irresistible, establishing yourself in this niche, in this micro niche, so that you are the only one, so that you're a go-to person, and then building the brand so it is a luxury item. Did I get that right? Yes, absolutely. And another thing about building that luxury brand, um, I think probably most of your podcast listeners are online entrepreneurs. When you're an online entrepreneur, you're unknown to your audience, basically. I like to call it the stranger on the internet. And so to get people to go from just becoming aware of you to actually giving you their hard-earned money, you have to build trust. And that's what a luxury brand does. And that's what a great brand overall will do because it's about being consistent 
visually and through your messaging and the way you show up online. And when you're consistent with your branding, the assumption is you're consistent in the way you deliver your services or your products. And so you're subconsciously telling them, I'm, I'm legit, I'm gonna take care of you. You can trust me. Yes, I love that. And then I'm not going anywhere, right? That, that it's not just some pop-up shop that's going to disappear. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so good, Mariah. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing so much with us. It was, a yeah, so great chatting with you. Thank you. Um, where can people go to find out more? Where should we send them if they're like, yes, I want to do this, but I, I want to connect with her. Where should they Where should they go? Yeah, so I actually am, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be launching a free course called Five Figure Client how to book high ticket clients. So that'll be on my website, which is mariahriona.com. And I also have a YouTube channel. It's just mariahriona on YouTube. Um, So yeah, both of those places are a great place to follow along. Perfect. We'll put both of those links in the show notes um, just to make it really easy. But that was so valuable. I know I'm going to implement a lot of that stuff myself. That's wonderful. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Every single week, I do my best to bring you two episodes that are going to really add value to your life, whether they speak to your motherhood journey or your business one. I pour my heart and soul into this podcast, recording and editing them all myself. So there is a really simple way you could return the favor. If you will leave me a review, head on over to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and let me know how I'm doing. Leave me a few words that let me know what content you like best or what you might like to hear in the future. I create this for you, so I would appreciate that so very much. For the show notes and links from today, please head over to my website, kyliekelly.com slash podcast. I cannot wait to bring you more value and more juicy content to your earbuds soon. But for now, I hope you continue to have an incredible day and know that mama, you've totally got this shit. Okay. Bye for now.